Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome to today's episode of Blog Talk Radio, and this is, of course, Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. And today's radio show is going to be a continuation of what we were talking about yesterday. And I have to say, Julie... Based on the feedback from yesterday's topic, we are on to something huge. Telling agents the truth about the do not call list. In today's call, oh my gosh, telling them the truth about calling for sale by owners, telling them the truth about the law, how it pertains to expires, and really critical is how it actually pertains to calling centers of influence and past clients. I had uh, today alone, I did two coaching calls for um people that were ready to enroll as students who have not yet done so, and they wanted my clarification on the do not call list because evidently they're currently enrolled in another coaching program, which will remain nameless, and the person running the coaching program in response to the California Association of Realtors warning to agents about illegal prospecting, illegal cold calling, had told the agents, his followers, the people he was teaching how to prospect over the phone, to conduct an illegal phone survey, okay? In other words, basically disguise the fact that you're calling a for sale by owner with the goal of getting their listing, disguise it as a survey. And that is an absolute 100% flagrant $16,000 per violation, illegal blah, blah, blah. Bad stuff here, guys. So Julie and I are going to be getting real deep into the truth about the do not call list, into the truth about, frankly, what you can do to still work over the phones, but legally, and we're going to do that on today's radio show. So from the news today, and I thought this was very interesting, and I put this on our blog, realestateinsidernews.com, realestateinsidernews.com. I put a story up there about the fact, and this is very interesting, guys, that Google made a strategic investment into auction.com. And you guys can go to realestateinsidernews.com to read this yourself, and there's a video up there as well. So they put $50 million bucks into this company, and so what is auction.com? Well, as you guys know, is they are a major portal for asset management companies, banks, you know, all kinds of different places to sell their real estate. Julie and I have personally purchased real estate via auction.com. We know somebody who works in auction.com short sale area. So auction.com has quietly, almost in stealth mode, become one of the largest, call it what you will, real estate portals on the web. No one has really been paying attention to how they are going to strategically position themselves, except obviously Google. So the story goes that, you know, obviously auction.com has figured out a way to start allowing, uh, you know, banks in this case, and now also realtors with listings that they want to put on auction.com to generate leads, yes, but also to potentially get sales on properties that might be you know, it's a USP. It's a unique selling proposition. Mr. Seller, in addition to all the things that I'm going to do, we're also going to put it on auction.com. You know, those are the types of ways that auction.com has expanded beyond just distressed property. And I think you're going to see with Google's, certainly their technology prowess, not to mention their, you know, never-ending checkbook, I would not be surprised in the least bit if within the next 12 months, auction.com 
in combination with Google, started getting directly into the residential real estate space, um, even to the extent, because remember, auction.com, I believe they have a California brokerage license, but they could start referring out leads. They could get all into the business in many different levels. But trust me when I tell you, Google wouldn't have invested $50 million in that company unless they firmly believed that there was a future beyond just basically the distressed property space. So hmm. keep tuned in to Google in real estate because when you have the largest company in the world or one of the largest companies in the world, uh, when you have them starting to raise their eyebrow in our direction, you better take note. Probably end up creating a lot of opportunities for carrying competent and skilled agents but in the short run, I think it's going to create a lot of consternation and if not a little bit of fear inside the halls of all the real estate brokerages around the country when they when Google finally announces the fact that they're going to get into the residential real estate space, which is inevitable. Yeah, Google, yeah. kind of big. Yeah, exactly. So how do they stay on top of it? Go to realestateinsidernews.com and read what Tim's reporting to you. This is of the second, so make sure you're up to speed versus having fear of, oh, my gosh, Google isn't getting into real estate. What does that mean? read what it means, and, you know, learn how to monetize it. Makes sense. Well, I'll tell you, I'll kind of tell you the worst-case scenario from the perspective of the established real estate people, right? Here's the worst-case scenario. So, and this is what I suspect is going to happen. Um, you know, this is an agent – we're an agent-centric coaching business, so I'd rather just give you guys kind of like the worst-case scenario so you can prepare yourself because at the end of the day, you're out – you have to take care of yourself. You are small business owners. If you are confused about your status inside your broker just being an entrepreneurial small business owner, uh, you won't become April 15th when you're filing your own tax returns and it says small business owner, self-employed versus employee. But in any event, so here's what I suspect is going to happen. It is very realistic for me to believe that auctions.com will start marketing their services directly to consumers, homeowners specifically. And homeowners, now, you're going to say, well, Tim, how is it any different from a for sale by owner? Well, it's because a for sale by owner didn't necessarily have the same power and prowess as, say, for example, auctions.com does. So if all of a sudden, you know, independent of a traditional real estate brokerage, a seller can actually get their house listed on auctions.com, they get a, you know, put it up for a reasonable price, and in certain markets, you guys know as well as I do, the house would sell. Sign goes in the yard, auction starts at, you know, this particular day, um, you know, go to this website, submit your bid, auction will close on this particular day and time, submit your highest and best, you can pretty much be guaranteed that once sellers realize that that is going to be yet another option to getting their property sold, they will be embracing that. And in my mind, I have to think that that's the end game for what Zillow is trying to do. I'm sorry, Zillow, listen to me, what Google's trying to do. I can't think of any other reason why Google would have stepped into that space if it wasn't for what I just described. I don't think they're going to get into the agent business. I don't think they're going to get into the brokerage business. I think they're going to get into the disintermediation of the establishment business and go directly to homeowners. A lot of things to think about, nothing to worry about short term, probably will create all kinds of cool opportunities as everyone else is living in fear of it when Google announces their big plans. I bet you that there will be a way that you can, as an agent, you know, work directly with the sellers who are thinking about putting their houses on auction.com, but maybe they aren't successful selling the houses there. You can get the referral. Maybe, for example, there will be a program put in place where you know, the sellers will choose to have a listing agent come help them sell the house at the same time it goes on auctions.com, and you know, you'll be paid a commission that way. So even though this will represent a lot of change and a lot of fear in the marketplace, understand that the greatest fortunes, the greatest opportunities are always created during the times of the greatest amount of change. So, Miss Julie, do you have a fun coaching story to share with us? 
Oh, I'm just hearing from all of my coaching clients how many listings they have in pre-marketing stage. Now we're starting, we're uh-huh. borrowing that REO term, but we're applying that. Really what we're talking about is promised listings from sellers. These are already pre-dated or soon to be pre-dated upcoming listings, which is exciting because everybody needs more inventory. But I, I think there's a lot of pent-up weather-created uh, issues and demand that's going to go out there. So it should shape up to be a pretty rockin' spring for these clients I'm talking to, all of my advanced and breakthrough one-on-one coaching clients. You know, I'm so excited for them. I, the, now the challenge is for all of them to be managing and keeping all this straight. So I, hey, I think that's a nice problem to have. your listing, right? If you guys aren't, <laughs> yeah. you listing Oh, we are so there, working the coming soon, it's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's I know. Great. Something else that's controversial in the real estate. Eight hundred number. Oh, no. It's all you good. don't want to do pocket listings. You want to you want to put your mm-hmm. listing on the. No no no. Listen to I think the first radio show that Julie and I did, and we talked that about basically how. Yeah, because you know what the reality of it is, is, if you worked your butt off to get a listing, you sure as heck better be figuring out how to sell it, sell it yourself and get both sides of the commission. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? Of Absolutely. You, and by the way, that is what the seller thinks you're doing. Yeah, all day how long. about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so definitely listen to that first radio show because we went in deep about how to go go about doing that. And yes, I realize that we are totally and completely the fly in the ointment of the real estate industry, which is trying to get every agent to stop doing pocket listings, stop doing coming soon. Coming soon. I get how that flies kind of in the face of the MLS cooperative mindset and all that. But you know what? At the end of the day, again, you are a small business owner, and as a listing agent who all of you must be learning how to be listing agents, move away from the mindset of being a buyer's agent because the money is going to be made being a listing agent going forward. Certainly, ooh, I have another story in a second. So learn how to be a listing agent. When you learn how to be a listing agent, then obviously you know you have the right obligation an opportunity to double your income on every transaction because you can sell your own listing. Go back, listen to that radio show we did about a month ago. All right, mm-hmm. so here's the interesting – I just thought of this. I wasn't going to talk about this. And then we're going to get to our call in a second, our, our prepared uh, programming here. So I had another free coaching call. By the way, guys, I want all of you who are existing students or who are ready to become students to go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and request a free coaching call. Um, Julie and I are keeping ourselves up there, even though it means we're working our butts off for the entire mm-hmm. month of March, so that we personally can do free coaching calls. Yes, our coach, a few of our coaches are up there, and I'm going to put two other coaches up there later this week. But for now, we are up there. You can schedule a, a coaching call with Julie or I, but please only schedule a free coaching call if you are a current student or ready to enroll as a student. If you are a current student and you just have a general question, call the office, 866-422-9497. But these free coaching calls are reserved for those of you who are students or ready to become students. Please keep that in mind. All right. So we have been talking endlessly. And by the way, Jules, we're the only voice that would seem that's telling people what I think in a lot of cases they already know. Buying buyer leads isn't, isn't, yeah. Well, I think, honestly, I have to say, I don't underestimate the intelligence of the average, average agent but at the same mm-hmm. time, I, I shouldn't. Uh, I am not underestimating the willingness to not give the average agent the complete story from a managerial mm-hmm. perspective. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's here's what here's the fact: the number of buyer leads. Okay. Here's the story. Here's what happened. I'm on a free coaching call with uh, a student. He is saying, "Tim, you're so spot on about the buying buyer leads and how the buyer leads are turning into crap and whatnot." 
But you know what? Now I remember even more. This was a gal, okay? This was a lady, and she was in California. I'm not going to say her name because I know she's listening. Uh, so now it's all coming back to me. And she, her, her mom both sell real estate in the same overall area. And she said both of them were buying buyer leads from the big portals, uh, multiple portals, Trulia, Zillow, Realtor.com. And she said that her and her mom would both get the same leads at the same time. And then she said, uh, you know, she obviously knew that other agents were getting the same leads at the same time. And then so it occurred to her, why am I buying buyer leads? When the fact is that these are not unique buyer leads, they're not only just being sent to me, they're being sent to all these other agents at the same time. And in essence, the quality of these buyer leads is really in question. We read you a really great analysis by a guy named Jim who posted on Inman News Features, Inman.com, how he essentially figured out that the probability of actually getting a closed transaction off one of the buyer leads that you guys are buying is, is you should you might as well just basically fly to Vegas and put it all down on black. You'll have a greater opportunity. And this year, the number of real estate transactions is not expected to go up, but the number of leads that the board, big portals will be selling to you guys is expected to go up tremendously because you're spending so much more money on marketing, which means that you're going to probably realistically get 50 leads for every one real buyer. Now, I'm not saying you're going to get 50 leads for every one closing you're going to get because, remember, all those leads are going to however many agents they're selling those leads to. So at the same time, you're getting those 50 kind of bogus leads, so are 50, I don't know, 20 other agents. I have no idea. And then all of you guys are all competing for the one needle on the haystack. You see how that is an absolute recipe for insanity? Those of you who are spending $200, $300, $400 a month on buyer leads you know what I'm telling you is true. You're just trying to understand why it is that you are spending this money and you're not getting the results that you're promised. You're not getting the results that you're promised because it doesn't work anymore. It did seven years ago when there wasn't zillions of people competing for the same leads. It doesn't now. It just doesn't. So if you want to truly make money in this business, you have to learn how to be a listing agent. Please be clear on that. I'm going to tell you that. Julie's going to tell you that. All of our coaches are going to tell you that constantly. If you don't like the message, you can turn us off. But in the meantime, for those of you who are serious about your business, please get serious about learning how to be a listing agent. All right, so we're going to get right back into the show, and Julie and I are going to get to what I think is probably going to be the most critical part of this presentation about the Do Not Call list, how it specifically pertains to FISBOs and expireds and centers of influence and past clients. Is coaching right for you? And how can I guarantee it will work for me? Chances are you are asking yourself those questions right now. I'll answer those critical questions for you in just a moment. But first, let's be honest about something you may have always suspected. You've probably always known that the nation's top 1% of realtors, you know, those millionaire agents you see on TV, they possess a secret knowledge that the other 99% of agents do not have. Where did they learn what they know? And more importantly, how did they learn how to put this closely guarded information into money-making action? It's simple. They have a coach. Not just any coach. The nation's mega millions, top 1% of the realtors know that in order to maintain their almost unfair advantage, that they must have their own personal coach. A proven, market-tested coach who has truly walked in their shoes a coach who has worked with many of the nation's leading agents. 
At this point, you're probably ready to maybe try coaching. However, you don't want to be unfairly locked into a long-term ball and chain that coaching contracts can give you. It just makes sense that you should be able to try it before you buy it. Even more importantly, you want to have a coach who is the best of the best, not someone who is simply assigned to you or, even worse, has never sold real estate. Can you imagine? If this is you, I have something for you right now that is exactly what you have been looking for. For the next 48 hours, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching is offering you a free coaching call. This is a real coaching call with a real Tim and Julie Harris coach. Now, while you are thinking about it, why don't you visit us online at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Once again, that is freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, let's be clear. This exclusive coaching opportunity is only available for the first 50 realtors who are stone-cold serious about their real estate business and know that in order to succeed at the highest level, they must hire a coach. So don't wait any longer. Take action now and visit us again at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks so much. See you all soon. Okay, we are back, and Julie, let's just run right back into our notes from yesterday. So read the next point. Sure, and we're, again, talking about the do not call list. So what about calling for sale by owners? The National Association of Realtors has outlined two types of circumstances in which an agent might call a FISBO and and outlined their position on how these would be affected by the do not call registry. So, again, this is from NAR. Number one, the National Association of Realtors does not see any problem with a buyer's representative contacting a for sale by owner whose number is listed in the do not call registry about a client's potential interest in the property as this call is not a telephone solicitation by the buyer's representative. Note that the buyer's rep can only discuss his or her client's interest in the property and not use a purported client's interest as a way to also discuss the possibility of the for sale by owner listing his or her property with the buyer's rep. That's all point number one. Number two, a real estate professional would be prohibited from initiating a telephone call to a for sale by owner whose number is listed in the do not call registry in an attempt to obtain a listing. The rules prohibit anyone from making telephone solicitations to telephone numbers that are registered in the database, and a call initiated to obtain the listing falls within that definition. So that's a lot of points about for sale by owners. The first one Yes, if you have a real honest-to-goodness buyer who should be interested in that for sale by owner, you can call on behalf of your real buyer, but you cannot, quote, use that buyer as a springboard to solicit for the listing. And by the way, there are some trainers and coaches out there teaching that your best way to a FISBO is to just call and promise them that you might have a buyer. So I think this falls into that category that you can't be doing that. Go ahead. I want to go back to the previous the point above the, the what about loopholes like survey calls? We talked about that before, but I again I want to really sure. clear the air and I want to mm-hmm. make sure these guys know the truth so they're not doing anything illegal. So go back. That's just a couple points up. Just go. And you guys can follow along. We're just these are notes from a, an outline that ah um, uh, yes actually, loopholes in yes. survey calls. Okay, that's so actually, an article. So loophole, you want me to read this or no? Go ahead. Yeah, read it. Read it, okay. and then what was really interesting. 
is how it drills down. And we got this from, I believe, uh, Realty Times or Inman News mm-hmm. Features, one of the two. So the specific thing that I want all of you guys to listen to is those of you who said, I don't know of any brokers who are getting busted for this. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because they're examples. in jail. Well, I mean, Go you ahead, know, sorry. Because Billy, well, Being obnoxious. Jail. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying, just because you haven't heard about it doesn't mean it's not happening. Well, but, we, Juliet, what's really insidious about this whole thing mm-hmm. is it's not just them not having heard about it. It's that when they ask people who should have heard about it, who probably yep. have heard about it, they're not telling them the truth, that it is something right. that's affecting real estate brokers. That's what yes. we're doing. We're telling you guys the truth. Because when you get the FTC that's calling you about you violating the do not call list, and then they ask to see your phone records through court order, and they see that you've been making you know this as a routine serial thing, it is sixteen thousand dollars a fine. And, exactly and you're not going to be able to say that it, I, oh, I thought it was okay because it was a survey, and my broker told me it was okay to do a survey call. You're not going to be able to use do you that. Think, do you think that defense is going to work? Really? <laughs> well, and by okay, the way, you're off the hook. We, no. When you get busted for that, you know, because you flagrantly violated the do not call registry law, do you really think that anyone's going to come prancing in on a white horse and save your bacon? Do you think errors in the mission insurance is going to protect you? No, no, and no. You're on your own. You're going to have to hire your attorney. You're going to have to say, I'm guilty. Please be nice to me, because it's not like you're going to be able to say you're not guilty for something like this. And then it's $16,000 a fine. So, Julie, read the next point, and then let's make it super clear that this is happening to real estate brokers now. All right, you got it. So this is for all of you who are saying, oh, I haven't heard of that. Is that really happening? All right, so what about loopholes like the alleged survey call that supposedly can get you out of this? Well, an article published in Realty Times describes enforcement of the Do Not Call Registry in specific cases in real estate firms calling prospects under the pretense of, quote, conducting a survey. So California Attorney General Bill Lockyer filed a complaint against New Smyrna Beach, Florida-based LMA Marketing, doing business as Mortgage Concepts, for violating the national do-not-call laws, allegedly by pretending to conduct surveys in order to contact California consumers about refinancing their mortgages. So again, let's look at this. They were specifically pretending to conduct a survey. The lawsuit filed in U.S. District Court in Sacramento seeks nearly a half million dollars in damages. We're not talking about one $16,000 fine, which would have been pretty severe. A half million dollars in damages and penalties following complaints from more than 250 Californians. Consumers said that when they told the company rep that they were on the federal do not call list, the rep said the the firm is exempt from federal law because it's conducting a survey. Not true. Federal law makes it clear that commercial calls are off limits to consumers who have placed their names on the National Do Not Call Registry. This lawsuit should serve as a warning to telemarketers, and remember agents are now defined as telemarketers when they're doing these types of calls. The lawsuit should serve as a warning to telemarketers who think they can evade this important consumer protection law by pretending to conduct a survey while harassing Californians in the privacy of their own homes. That's pretty pretty clear to me. Yeah. Especially exactly. look at the language they're using, right? I mean, so they've said we're making this a warning and they use the word harassment. So clear, Jules, I don't think we need to vamp on it. Let's get to the next point that is about what about calling expired listings? Okay, let me just find that about expired or if you have that, you go ahead and 
Oh, I you have need to read. By owners. Okay. Oh, there it is. Okay, what about calling yes, expired listings? In yes. a PDF overview of the National Do Not Call Registry, the North Dakota Association of Realtors has indicated that expired listings would be subject to the same Do Not Call restrictions as for sale by owners. A realtor would be prohibited from initiating a phone call to solicit a listing from a for sale by owner or a seller with an expired listing who is on the Do Not Call Registry. And again, on uh, realestateinsidernews.com, you can click. There's a lot of click here to read more specifics on this. But yes, unless it was your own expired, if they're on the do not call list, they're off limits. Yeah, simple enough. You know, and you can't say you can't say I'm conducting a survey and think you're going to get away with it for calling a FISBO. A lot of you think that you can call up and if get ca- if you're caught, if a seller says, "Well, I'm on the do not call list," after they've you know after you've given them your name and number, and it's very easy for them to file a complaint, you guys should go online because I've researched this for you so I can protect our students. Frankly, go online and look how easy it is for a consumer to frankly prove that someone called them, it's very simple. The FTC has set up a super easy to use site where someone can go and file a complaint. And you know what? (laughs) Frankly, you guys better understand how this process works and you better take it seriously. This is the real deal. So again, expired that are on the do not call list, do not call them. How about that? FISBOs on the do not call list, do not call them. There is no sidestepping it with saying I'm conducting a survey. You can call this FISBO if you're calling specifically to represent your buyer but I know a lot of you are being taught to call the FISBO lying, saying that you have a buyer, and yet what you're trying to do is get the listing. So, Jules, what's the next point? And the last point. Okay, so where can I learn more about this? Very important. Do not call registry requirements and limitations. An excellent resource is uh, Do Not Call Registry. It's available online at the FTC site. There's a Q&A for telemarketers and sellers about the DNC provisions. So a lot of you guys shut down when you read the word telemarketers. Remember that you are basically being put into that category when you're making these types of calls. So yes, you need to read the Q&A for telemarketers and sellers about the do not call provisions. You can find this and you can find these links also at our blog, realestateinsidernews.com. You know, Julie, it's it's ironic, but I read that there, I think I read this on Inman, that there was a class action lawsuit that was forming uh, started by an agent, starting by an agent uh, against, I think it was Zillow. I could be wrong mm-hmm. about that, and if I am, I apologize. But basically, uh, they were on the do not call list, and one of these companies called and trying to sell them, uh, obviously, their services. And because they were not on the do not call list, or because they were on the do not call list, that was in a violation of the do not call list. And mm-hmm. so I believe that they were trying to get it. So if you get solicited by anybody over the phone, you know, you, and you're on the do not call list, you can also turn them in. You know, it works right. all these different ways. So, in some, But understanding the laws gives you an advantage because if you work with inside the laws, in other words, when you're calling expires, buy your expires from a service that is going to scrub for the do not calls. When you're calling a for sale by owner, same thing. When you're working in your centers of influence and past clients, understand that unless they explicitly give you permission to continue to contact them, that you do not continue to contact them. And if you do, you're setting yourself up. Do you really want to have that pressure always on your back of worrying because you know you're doing something illegal, whether or not you're going to get caught, knowing that it's super easy for someone to pop on the FTC Do Not Call Registry and file a complaint? It's three buttons. It's three clicks, and then they're filing a complaint. Can they prove that you called? Of course, because their phone uh, is going to keep track of all the inbound calls. Okay, that Guys, this is common sense. None of you should be confused about this. None of you should be in conflict about this. All of you should be 
embracing the fact that you now have the correct legal information to not violate the law. So just don't do it. It's that simple. And if you do, understand that, you know, it's, you might not ever get caught. It's true. But why would you do something? What is it telling that prospective seller that when they know you're calling, violating the do not call list, and you're calling them, doesn't that already start the relationship out on kind of a questionable footing? You know, knowing that they know that you know that you're violating a law, that they are, you know, trying to avoid having to get prospected, telemarketed, and here you are making the call. So guys, just think about this. And if you're given information that you know is wrong, especially about prospecting, especially about cold calling, telemarketing, as it's labeled by the FTC, you've now got the correct information. So if somebody's intentionally telling you to do something that you now know is illegal, you have nobody else to blame but yourself. That is the bottom line. So you now have the cold, hard facts. Use this information in good health. And for gosh sakes, guys, don't be violating the law. It's really quite simple. So, Julie, um, I'm going to wrap up today's call unless you have anything else to say. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think you take it seriously and you think about what your strategy is and you make sure you're being coached by people who basically keep you on the straight and narrow. I would, If somebody's telling you that you can get around this with a survey, I would be really questioning who you're involved with. That's my That's thought. It. Yeah, I mean, how else can you translate? So for those of you who are worried because you're getting conflicting information, go to realestateinsidernews.com, read the article. It's right up there on the top of the page, and then click on the links, go to the FTC site, click on the links, go to where we got this information from. This is not our opinion. These are facts, and we've translated these in in hopefully an easy-to-understand way so you guys can keep your butts out of hot water. So. Thank you for listening today, and we will talk with you tomorrow. And I don't know what tomorrow's radio show is, but all I remember is it's going to be better than all the ones we've done previously combined. <laughs> That's right. So we will talk. We look forward to speaking with all of you tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.